welcome to the lounge. Today I've got a very special guest from our Origins interviews. Alex Roberts returns, and it's basically me just kind of gushing over um, what an influence she's been on me and what I've done. Um, you know her, she's from Backstory Podcast on One Shot Network. Um, she did the Tower Base Starcross that I interviewed her for before, and now she's got For the Queen, which is one of the most amazing games I've played in a long, long time. I think the most accurate thing that can be said about Alex is that is what's on her Twitter. She's extremely cute and smart and good, um, which I love. Um, so yeah, here it is, and uh, enjoy. I am so happy <laughs> to be here with Alex Roberts. Um, Alex, welcome to the lounge. Thank you, Jesse. It's good to be here. Um, how has your origins been? Uh, this is a really, really good show. Like, I, I always have a good time at shows, but um, this has been a very good time for me. Pretty mm -hmm. solid weekend for Alex Roberts. <laughs> so, uh, you released For the Queen. How long ago did you release? Uh, let's see. Um, I think we had the pre-order up earlier this year, maybe March. Okay. Um, and now the pre-order people are starting to get their copies, and this con is actually where we're like debuting it. Like mm -hmm. now it's retail. Now it's out there in stores and stuff. I mean, it's sort of retail. <laughs> well, yes, we did sell out. <laughs> because so <there's> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which which also congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. Um, so um, now I know what it's all about. Um, I was actually able to uh, convince one of the Grognard players that I've been playing with for many years that it's a good game. Thank you. The other day, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, very much like, oh, this is a story game. I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> and then, like, I showed him how it worked and everything, and I showed him, like, you know, talk about like, he's like, well, we could do this on a night when people can't make it or something like that. I'm like, that's how you get them. I guess. That's how you get them. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's, so it's very fun. Uh, like, just for the audience, what's it about? So, For the Queen, um, the, the story is about a mysterious journey um, that you are undertaking with the Queen to travel to a distant power to broker an alliance. And at the beginning, you don't really know anything about who you are, who the Queen is, um, what your relationship is to her, what's the real purpose of this mission. Everything's really up in the air. Uh, and the structure of the game is that it's really, honestly, a deck of questions. Okay. There's some illustrations with it, and the instructions are on cards as well. Um, but it's it's straight up just a tarot deck of very, very open-ended interpretive questions. And so you draw a card, and you answer it from your character's perspective. And that is how you figure out, okay, who am I? What are we doing? How do we relate to each other? Um, and at the very beginning of the game, it's stated, the queen knows that you love her. She, You love her, and she knows this. Um, but the ending card, which you shuffle into the deck um, as far as you want to play, you know what I mean? So uh, uh, a half-hour game, you would put it maybe in the top third, around the middle. Um, if you want to play for an hour or more, you put it more towards the bottom. Um, but the ending card that everyone has to answer is, the queen is under attack, do you defend her? Um, and at, at the very beginning of the game, it's like, I, 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 I love the queen, I'm here with her, I'm here to defend her. Um, but 
uh, it does not always work out that way by the end. It's, uh, it's complicated. I'm going to pause real quick. Sure. Would you be able to move to the other side oh, of your sure. lanyard? Yes. By the way, this is how I do editing. Oh, I a little screenshot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good way. Um, okay. So, so yeah, so the it deter so based on the story, mm -hmm. you may not want to defend this queen yes, depending yeah. on what's going on. Yes. And and we end up with some wildly different queens. There there are times when everyone at the table is like you know, for whatever reason, they absolutely want to defend her. Mm -hmm. But I've played with people who would not believe that anyone would defend the queen <laughs> because of just the cards that they pulled and the answers that they gave just ended up with uh, a very, very changed relationship. <laughs> now, last time you were on, we were uh, we were talking about your Kickstarter for Starcross. That's right. Yeah, we were, I was still working on Starcross at that time. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that rave reviews. Thank you. I think it went well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, now you've got for the queen. Mm -hmm. um, are you a game designer? Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, it it bugs me a little bit when people are nervous to apply that label to themselves, or you know, they say, "Oh, I just make hacks, or I just make adventures, or I just made one game. I'm not really a game designer." I'm like, "No, you are." But also, I want to take some of the status away from that because, like. There's a lot more than just the basic design that goes into making games. You know, the people who are printing and actually producing the game, the people who are behind the scenes, the editors, the artists, the... The, the layout the people? people. Oh my gosh, like shout out to layout people. <laughs> if, if you were all trying to play Starcross based on my like Google Doc, uh, I do not think it would do very well. So yeah, like shout out, uh, Karen Twelve's my editor, um, Brennan Reese, graphic designer, Steve and Jason at Bully Public Games for like just keeping me sane and actually making all that happen. Jen Martin at BPG, like just absolutely everybody. You know, there's so much that goes into it besides just whose name is on the front. Mm -hmm. So yes, absolutely, I'm a game designer, but also don't get too excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually that's one of those. If there's been any thesis statement for the second season of The Lounge, mm. it's been what is a game designer. Like, mm. what does that look like? Yeah. Um, and I've talked with a lot of people who it's their first game. I've talked with some people that, um, you know, are, are kind of in those spaces helping people to make games. Mm. Um, and I think what it, what it comes down to is, have you designed a thing that has been used in a game? Yeah. Designed it. Game was done. Then game designer. There like, it's go. like, it's a pretty straight flow chart, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but honestly, I mean, some of my favorite guests, all my guests are my favorite, but on Backstory, is I, I love having people on who organize conventions mm -hmm. or who are doing research, love having scholars on, or people who are writing, or, um, you know, people who illustrate and are doing some aspect of games or are involved with it. People who verb games is what uh, I learned from Avanel Wing. Ooh. People who verb games uh, who may or may not be designers or who maybe they design, but that's not what I want to talk to them about. I want to talk to them about, you know, something that they wrote or, or whatever. That's another thing about For the Queen is that uh, the design is very, very heavily influenced by Alexandra Sontowska's The Beast, which okay. is a one-player prompt-based game. Very different subject matter. Oh, yeah. So good. It's, oh. it's absolutely brilliant. Everyone should go check it out. Um, and you can see the inspiration. But I, I think actually like what I'm really proud of when I look at that game is the writing. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really proud of what I wrote. Um, I think I think the d the design is you know simple and effective, but I'm I'm proud of my words. And so like yes, I'm a designer, but I've I I like 
to be thinking of myself as a writer. That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid, as a right. writer. Um, Ditto. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's actually what I, I get excited about, is thinking about that, thinking, oh yeah, I wrote things. I'm a writer. That's cool. I'm a writer, yeah. <laughs> I did that. Not only did you write that, but you wrote a thing that people can somehow make their own stories yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, like writer plus. It, it feels wonderful. I'm, someone got in touch with me and said that they played for the queen and it immediately made them want to make their own game. And it, was, it was their first game design. And like, that feels great. Like people having fun with something that you did is wonderful. But if you can inspire people to make their own stuff, like that, I'm stoked about. Yeah. And that's a nice seg. Um, because I wanted to talk a little bit about inspiration because I noted the first time we talked that you were a huge inspiration to me. Thank you. You continue to have been an inspiration on me in that at that time I was thinking Alex Roberts has inspired me to talk to everybody in the game spaces awesome. and find everybody and, and have great good conversations but also to be myself. Mm, good. Yeah. Good. Um, there is a new, so we were saying this last night, partially because, oh, Vi, good seeing you. Um, did you want to, um, okay. Um, so, um, I'm leaving that in because people saying goodbye to Alex Roberts on my show is awesome. Um, precious moments. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, the, the, we were talking about this yesterday, and our new saying is, um, be yourself. If you can't be yourself, be Alex Roberts. <laughs> if you can't be Good Alex luck. Roberts... Good luck, TBH. I guess Batman is fine. <laughs> um, there are two kinds of people in this world. You're an Alex Roberts or a Batman. No over, <laughs> that's, zero that's overlap. A, no I'm putting overlap. that on, on record. Um, one of those comes across way more well adjusted. I'm just, I'm not going to say which. I don't want to throw out names there. It's a, it's a veneer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, part of that came from me saying, like, just talking about you and how you inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to gush too much, but I am going to gush a little bit. <laughs> um, but your podcast really taught me to. Like, okay, well, what, what can I bring to interviews that, that somebody else isn't doing necessarily? And it was just have conversations with people and not, like, try to get rooted down in, in the, the, the systems and the dice mechanics and stuff like that. But I've had those discussions if somebody's passionate. And that's the thing. I think I bring out passion with people. And I think it's for, because I'm passionate about it. And because I love what I do and I'm fulfilled by what I do, and I don't think I would be if I tried to do any do it any other approach. Mm-hmm. So I'm thanking you for that. Thank you. I'm also going to thank you during Starcross for basically saying, if you have an idea for a game, make a game. Because at this Origins, I had a play test of what is my first game from scratch. Oh, great! And great. It went amazingly well wonderful i'm not going to go too into it on the pod i'll be happy to tell you after if if you're curious as to what it is but um but so yeah so so you've been a huge inspiration to me um i'm i'm not one to throw around the word hero a lot and not everybody (laughs) likes to hear the word hero so what i'll say is that um you have 
it, you have inspired me to put good things out in the world. Thank you. And hopefully I'm going to continue to do the same. Thanks. Yeah. I do, I, I have, I've, I, I, I do not want to be a hero. I would like to be a friend. Nobody wants to be a hero. I want to be a friend. Uh, yeah. I think, I think friends do more for other people. Than, I consider than you a friend. Thank you. That's th yeah. Yeah, we're buds. We're buds. Let's, let's clink our teeth. Nice. This is nice. Um, so... That being said, um, with with all that in mind, um, when when you started doing backstory, mm -hmm. yeah. um, who who inspired you? Oh gosh, um, I think when I first started, I was just really really. Um, I was excited by a lot of people that I was meeting at that time. I had kind of just started going to conventions and meeting some of the people who were making games that I was excited about. And I found out that when you talk to people who make stuff you're excited about, um, they, they got cool stuff going on. Uh, and, and the conversations that I was able to have with them in person were often wonderful but very short. Mm -hmm. So I decided um, I would like to have a much longer convo in a, in a non-con setting when you know people are a little more chilled out. Uh, but I think as I started, as I was doing it more, that's when I started really, really paying attention to other interviewers from mm -hmm. all over the place and other podcasters in general. Mm -hmm. um, so like Morgan M. Page, who does the One from the Vaults uh, uh, trans history podcast, her research is so good and so thorough. And she, um, she draws on really, really interesting, um, a lot of like firsthand accounts and, and material that is very subjective. Um, and she's able to say, okay, this person's account is like this, this person's account is totally different, I'm going to talk about them both because who knows what the actual truth is, I just want to draw on a lot of sources. Um, and she, she's very thorough and she, she t speaks to things very, very intelligently. Um, I also, I listened to a series of interviews by, by Jesse Thorne um, called The Turnaround where he interviewed interviewers who oh, inspired yeah, yeah, him. Oh, me too. It's such a good series. It's such a good series. Really, really good series. And I was blown away by listening to everybody from Larry King to Katie Couric to um, uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer yes. is my favorite interview of that whole series. Yes. Because, and I don't know, I was very surprised by his personality and his approach and how he feels about the show. Um, you know, he talked about, he was like, well, you know, it's not to my taste. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something I would watch, but, uh, you know, I do this and that. And I, I was really impressed with the way that he, in this very genuine, very honest, authentic way, I think, is so able and finds it so easy to, to take, give himself a step back from what is happening. And he understands that the, it's called The Jerry Springer Show, but the show's not about him in any way, mm -hmm. right? And he is there to react to what is happening around him. Um, as a way for the audience to put themselves in that situation. So, you know, he mentions in the interview that he doesn't, he doesn't get a briefing on what is happening. So he goes out there, he knows nothing, just like the audience. And so he's just asking people very honestly, like, okay, so you're having this issue with your wife, tell me about that. And then, you know, it turns out the guy's wife is a horse or something, right? <laughs> uh, but, and so he gets to react to that the same way that the audience reacts to it. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, but there were lots of other interviewers on there who were like, oh no, it's my job to be incredibly well-researched, you know. Terry Gross, also a wonderful, yep. wonderful interviewer. And she has a whole team of people who, go through everything that this person has ever written and then give her the bullet points of subjects. Um, but I, so I, I really appreciate 
that there are so many different approaches. And I think what you were saying before about being yourself and bringing what only you can bring to something, um, you know, there is no one right way, mm -hmm. but you have to go, I, I think whatever you're doing, you have to go in there and do it in the way that is true to you um, because that's, that's the cool, unique thing that you're going to bring. Otherwise, you're doing like a bad imitation of someone else. Right. And it's like, well, if I wanted that, I'll just go, right. go to the person you're imitating. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the first rule of that is be yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you can't. <laughs> um, the, um, that series, I, I learned a lot from that series as well. It's great that you, that you yeah. bring that up. Um, the, one of the things I actually learned was where I fall as far as research. Mm. Um, and uh, this was another thing I definitely wanted to, to chat with you about. Um, because I, I found that I was over-researching things initially. And I would have like a full page of notes. And then I'd, I'd be like, but here's the most important questions. But I just kind of bury them in there. Yeah. And then eventually I just would put those at the top and to make sure I got to those. Mm. And then eventually, um, I just, it was just those. Yeah. Yeah. And what I found is my background is doing improv comedy, mm -hmm. um, which you mentioned Karen Twells. She's somebody I'm definitely going to have it on my you, pod at some you've point. You've got to talk to her. Have you read her book? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Improv for gamers. So good. Like just so like full of good advice, but full of just practical things to do. Yeah. Not oh. just, Hey, here's some information about how to, how to game. Well, like here's some activities. Not Go only and do them. Did I it. read her book, but I bought a copy for the director of the improv troupe. I made. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and I said, this isn't just for gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, um, in that way, like the, um, so I can respond to, to people. This weekend, I've had interviews with people that I just met, and they're like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about my game. I don't know anything about it. Yep. But, you know, you, you be, being able to roll in that way. But it's nice, it's nice to have a little bit of research. What, from your standpoint, how much research I, is good for Alex Roberts? I do as much as humanly possible. Okay. <laughs> like, I, you know, backstory is, is not the only thing that I get up to. I never do as much reading as I want to. Mm -hmm. I will comb through your entire Twitter history if I, you know, okay. if I happen to have the time. Um, and it, it makes it very intimidating when I have researchers and scholars on because uh, generally they've published a lot and it can be quite dense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, but I love reading that stuff. So for me, the more that I, the more that I get, the better, because there's, it's just more and more likely that I will find something that I want to know more about. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, I think it's kind of like prepping for, as a GM, right? Where you, I think preparing and knowing your subject is really important. However, I think translating that research into a really, really strict, okay, here's the, here's the order in which I'm going to ask these questions or here the exact way that I'm going to phrase these questions, or whatever. I think that is the, that is the trap that I, I absolutely fell into when I first started doing mm -hmm. backstory. Um, because yes, it's great to have stuff to talk about and bring that. But if you are not, if you're not ready to follow up on what they're saying and, and let things flow from there and follow up on what they're passionate about too, because you can ask them about something and maybe it's something they wrote or made or, or said or whatever, and, and they can talk about it. But when you hit the thing that they have done that they are in that moment stoked about, like that's what's going to be a good interview oh, because yeah. they're, they're going to give you the most and the most energy and the most excitement and, um, and be the most ready to talk about that. Yeah. So I like to, um, 
I like to be able to poke around, have lots of angles and lots of options, and maybe maybe ask them about stuff that they haven't talked about in a while. That's great. But yeah, I agree with you. You really have to be able to read people and respond to what they are responding mm-hmm. to. Um, which in that also along those lines, mm-hmm. in person or online. So I I always record online, um, just because it gives me a much wider reach. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've spoken to people in. Palestine, Korea, oh, Malaysia, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I, I love being able to do that. Um, I, I very rarely get to do in-person interviews, but the times that I have, man, I love it. Like I just, I don't know actually whether it produces a better interview at the end of the day. I, I have no clue, but I just like it. Yeah. Like, I just like having a face-to-face conversation with yeah. someone. So, I, yeah. I've only ever done uh, in-person interviews at cons. Mm-hmm. Wait. I may amend that in a moment. I'm thinking, uh, no, no. Yeah, it's only been at cons. Yeah. Um, even people like live an hour away from me. It's like, well, it's just easier yeah. to, to schedule this. Um, but I, I love doing it. Um, it's weird because from because uh, I edit all my own stuff and everything. Mm. Um, I, from a production standpoint, that it's that nice back and forth you know yep. there's nothing in the way the rhythm is preserved yeah, yeah. like yep. like the, like it's 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 really nice to to have that um you know but sitting down across from somebody having a cup of tea having with them having a cup them, of tea right and yeah. um you know and and being able to just talk about the thing they love mm-hmm. is it, it's such a, a just fulfilling wonderful experience it is so nice. um I have have you ever done like um, uh, had people on video? Yeah, I used to I used to do video chat a lot. Mm-hmm. I um it, it you take a risk with the sound quality when you do that yeah. um, because just bandwidth stuff. So I don't really do it anymore. Um, and also, I found that for some people they get uh, self conscious about being on camera. Yeah, and so it's. But, and that's poison to an interview when people are self-conscious about how they look. Like, yeah. they, they do not open up. They're, they don't relax. Um, so I, there's a lot of advantages because I find I can pick up on body language. And it, like I said, if you, want to, if you want to follow up on when people are excited about, the best way to know what they're stoked about is to see their face and their body. Um, but but I, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you're able to, but I find it too risky. I don't want to... I don't want to lose my audio or end up with, you know, blips and bloops. It's yeah. always disappointing. Plus, you know, you can just you leave your curls in your hair. At least I do. It is very nice. And I, I generally record in my closet because the sound is the sound dampening is really nice. Because oh. right? you're surrounded by, like, you know, clothes and books. Stuff absorbs sound really well. Yeah. But it also means that I'm just, like, huddled there in, like, the glow of my computer screen. It's uh, it's not a good look. I'm, it's not the best I mean, look. I'm in my basement on a concrete floor usually. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get... <laughs> like in the corner, um, so I, I get that uh, totally. Um, have you had the experience of, and how do you respond to those times where tech, some something technical happens? There's some error, you know. I mean, I've had those experiences. I'm sure you have. This, oh, yeah. The slow nodding <laughs> indicates that. Yes. Um, how how have you responded to that? Uh, it depends. Yeah. If, if there's time for a re-record, it, it's always best to do a re-record. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever had an interview that was just straight up lost. 
Um, there are some interviews where I'm like, oh, oh, I wish, because what they had to say was so wonderful and so good, and I know it's like not the easiest to listen to, so that, it's happened to me a few times, mm. but I, I don't know, if it's good content, if, if the content of the conversation is good, I will still put it out there. Um, I'm very lucky because now I have a producer, shout out to Alex Sisk, saver of my butt many times and so sometimes in the interview I'm I realize that the audio is not amazing um, and so I hand it off to him and I'm like please please do the good stuff that you do you know at I give him some timestamps of, of some tricky parts I'm like okay if you take this out that's okay um, let me know if you need whatever um, so he's he's been able to clean up some some messes yeah well that's <laughs> I, I that's one of the the Things as as you grow an audience, you, you get those opportunities to say, "Hey, you you take yeah, I'm gonna, this." Yeah. <laughs> I'm I've edited podcasts for almost ten years now. Mm. Um, I am the worst editor that I, as a performer, could ever have. Mm -hmm. Anybody else, you know, doing that? Um, so I, I I definitely get that, um, and I also get that when you know when somebody says something that's a little hard to hear, a little like, yeah. you know, off kilter. Have you have you ever had a situation where you've had an interview and it takes a turn, and you don't have to name any names or anything like that? Um, I, I've I've had a few interviews where someone said something I really intensely disagreed with, um, and I don't mean like hateful, evil things. Um, it's usually like more a design disagreement. And usually, I, research can prevent that. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some do some basic stuff, um, but it's. I, and I've thought to myself, like, if we were having a conversation, I would say, whoa, 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 slow down. Um, but then, I I don't know. I think if I'm an interviewer, I'm there to let that person mm -hmm. speak. You know what it what is real with them and what is true for them, and. Uh, and again, unless it's something hateful and awful, yeah. uh, gotta let it, gotta let it go, gotta let it slide. So, um, I, ha I have never had an interview go like truly off the rails. I've never had to be like, this interview is over, which I would do. You know, there are absolutely things that people could say where I'd be like, and we're done. Yeah. Um, what has happened is when uh, someone says something in a really awkward way that they clearly did not intend, where they're like, oh, that came out really like wrong or insensitive, um, and then. It, you know, I talk talk with them about it. It's totally not what they meant. We just edit that out. Right. You know, because people are nervous when they're being interviewed, and mm -hmm. sometimes they say things that are like, "Well, I I don't mean no game do, does this. Obviously, some games do this, or but well, I didn't mean always." It's like, dude, it's cool. Like, it's cool. we'll just we'll smooth it out. What? Don't worry. <laughs> say what. Start with what you meant to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. get a clean take. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's a great thing about editing. <laughs> you can you can uh, yeah clean that conversation up. I. I do believe it's it's important to be uh, you know kind of a passive observer as an interviewer. Um, it's actually one of my one of my fears, and it has uh, kind of happened. Um, but we'll talk about that off mic. Sure. Um, but it's one of my fears that I'll end up talking with somebody that throws stuff out there that you know I'm, I'm really I find really objectionable yeah. objectionable and everything um, do you think that like do, like do you think that that pass pa, passivity pass, passiveness mm. um, 
goes can only go so far? Do you think like, I mean, is, is there a point I guess where you would say we're going to end this? And, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. there there are lots of things you could say where I would say okay, we need to either not go there or we need to talk about something else or we're not going to publish this. Yeah, there are tons of things people could say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, but like you say, try to let the initial vetting process make sure that doesn't happen. Make sure that yeah. it yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, I, ha I have challenged people too. Yeah. And, um, and I think also, Terry Gross is a great example of this. She will, she will challenge people on what they're saying in a way that that causes them to then further articulate their point. And so she can say, okay, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, you know, state your opinion or, or say, um, you know, tell your story. But I will also make it clear to the listener that like, it's not an endorsement, right? Mm -hmm. That I, that I'm challenging you on this and I don't agree with you, but you can, you know, you can still say it. So there's, there, there's many levels, right? There's the like, you know, I disagree with this person on some design principle. That's fine. I'm going to yeah. let it go. And then there's the, okay, I disagree with you a little bit more and I want the audience to know that. And then there's the point that thankfully I've not gotten to, which is like, uh, no, I'm not putting that on the air. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have not gotten there, thankfully. It, and that's a great. Um, I neither, again, we'll talk about that later. Sure. But um, I, one of the things I thought would be great to talk to you about uh, just in following up after me having more experience is what our responsibility is to the audience and what our responsibility is to the interviewee and mm. you know to 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 ourselves and everything like that yeah. um, so I think we, that's where we've been yeah. kind of and one of the reasons I want to do that is because I I think that having a conversation between two interviewers <laughs> means that other people can say oh this is how yeah. two different people have this approach to it and yeah. you know um, I like that we, I like, I like, and it's not unexpected, but I like that we agree that that's, but do you think that there is sometimes a responsibility to the audience to say, Hey, this person could potentially be a problem. Um, what do you mean? So like, what are, what are the cues or how would I, I guess, mean? I guess to, to an extent of like. Um, scenario okay, okay. Um, somebody comes on says something pretty objectionable um, or does something objectionable after the fact um, and you've, you have this interview that you, that you do um, what, is, what do you feel like we owe the audience to deliver that information it's really case by case. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's intensely, intensely case by case. Um, it, uh, it, I, I, I can't make any kind of broad statement on that. Fair. Um, because yeah, there are absolutely people that if I had talked to them, uh, I, I would happily just, just delete that from the old archive and, mm -hmm. and you know maybe make a note about it, um, you know, in the in the announcements or something, and but then, I don't know. It yeah, case by case. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say. Okay, it's a great answer. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, I know, we're getting a little intense. Yeah, a little I like this. You, you've become this hard-hitting reporter since uh, <laughs> since we last spoke. This is good. I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> um, well, I, I, it, it's literally the one thing that I thought would be great to to really have a conversation about. Um, yeah. And part of it was from listening to uh, Turnabout, like like oh, so yeah, much. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, 
and uh, I guess I don't know. I, I like I like to let the audience know, like we care about you. Yes, yes, and and I care about my subject. I care about my my yeah. my guests. Like I, and uh, some people are very confident and they're excited to be there and they're happy to sit down and chat with you. But some people are very very nervous about being interviewed or uh, maybe English isn't their first language and they're nervous about doing that. I've, I've been in that situation before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're awkward, they're anxious, whatever. Um, and I, I feel a very strong um, moral obligation to chat with them before the interview starts and say, here's what, you know, here's what we're going to talk about. Um, if there's something that I'm not sure whether or not they want to talk about, I clear it with them before, you know, just jumping on them. Um, and to just and to let them know that this is not live and mm -hmm. say it don't worry about screwing up we can edit anything um yeah i have i have a conversation before the interview starts to just let people know that like i'm going to take care of you i'm not here to make you look any particular way mm -hmm. um you know and and this is this is supposed to be a nice conversation between us yeah uh but but you do have an obligation to the audience as well right to right. to give them to give them the truth and to be honest and to um I think you have an obligation to the broader community in terms of the diversity of voices that you have on your show um, and to be very conscious about who you're promoting um, and whose work you're promoting and, and who you are benefiting. Um, yeah, it's, it's complex, but I, I, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I, um, have, have you had the, the situation where you've had somebody on that wants to do an interview, is very uncomfortable with the process of it, Perhaps there's um, some uh, 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 mental health things that might be mm. getting not in their way, but you know that yeah. they're hesitant about. Yeah. Um, have you had that? Um, I've I've had I've had stuff with uh, like I said with people whose whose first language isn't English. Sure. Um, and a few other things. I've I've had the situation where I have a, a whole full hour-long call before we do the interview just to chat mm -hmm. and to get to know each other a bit and just loosen up and and feel comfortable and then after that they say oh, okay all right mm -hmm. interview feels good and um and i i think it's easy to talk about diversity and to say well i'm going to i'm going to be open to having lots of different kinds of guests but sometimes that means um you, you know being flexible with scheduling it means not waiting for people to come to you because mm -hmm confident white men will come to you <laughs> uh, and you need to have your schedule you need to reach out to people and be patient with people because people from marginalized groups are doing more work they have less free time um, they have not been gifted the unearned confidence of some other folks yeah. um, and uh, and yeah sometimes it takes a little more work and so you have to not just say uh yeah sure I, I'm willing to have a diverse group of people like no you, you gotta actually do it you, actually, you have <laughs> you to do the work to, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I, I get tell an anecdote. Uh, I, I don't, I try not to be too anecdotal because it's, I'm interviewing you. Um, but, uh, I had an occasion where, um, some folks were coming on and they reached out to me and they were like, we're kickstarting this thing. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, you know, this, these, these people from a very diverse you know, segment of the community are, are coming to me. I'm like, it's happened. Yay. And I found out that 
Um, I had emailed every single person on the project at some point in the last like six months mm -hmm. asking them to come on my show. Mm -hmm. And they had, um, it turned out they had responded, but I just missed the email or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, well, at least, but, the, but that was work that I did mm. that paid off. And I, and, you know, yeah. I had this great interview out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if, if you're, um, if someone's out there who's listening to this, who's <laughs> like, you know, wow, Alex and Jesse had an amazing conversation and I'm inspired to start a podcast where I interview people. <laughs> Um, the, the work is, is there, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's not just a matter of, oh, well, objectively I should, you know, um, ha have, a, have a diverse selection of guests. You just, you talk about more interesting stuff. Yeah. You have a better show because you're not talking to the same five guys over and over again, right? right? Or you're talking to someone who maybe a lot of your audience has not heard from before or not, not heard of. That's my favorite. When I get to, when I meet someone where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're doing this work and it's kind of underground right now or they haven't, you know, blown up yet or not, just not a lot of people have, have heard their voice. Like, I love getting those people on my show. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I've been excitedly telling people about the episode I dropped on Thursday, mm -hmm. uh, which is a San Dinero, um game co-op. Which is like a mentorship program for people who want to learn to design games. Oh, cool. Great, great. They would very much enjoy talking to you. Mm -hmm. um, so I just say that. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's, I think that that's important though to, to be able to find this. I, I love, you know, would I love to have a conversation with Jeff Grubb? The creator of Marvel Superheroes, yeah. my first role-playing game, game sure, ever. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have a custom-made shirt that has all the ability scores from that game that, good that I phase wore yesterday. Rip. Phase rip. <laughs> um, and um, oh, I wish you'd seen it yesterday. That oh yeah. Um, yes, I would love to, mm. but I would also love to talk to people who you know. I'm designing my first game and I'm trying to sell it to these board game companies and yeah. you know this is what my experience has been. That's such a, an amazing yeah. conversation to have. Yeah. And also th those those are the folks that when you sit down and talk with them and mm. and and they realize that you're passionate about it. Yeah. They I I I feel like it helps them feel a little bit better about any other bad feet or not bad, but pushback. You know, yeah. Pushback. Absolutely. Had. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. Um, you know, I love having interviews with people who have been in games way longer than me, mm -hmm. and they tell me all kinds of stuff. You know, they have fun stories from you know what this con used to be like ten years ago, it, and and I think that stuff is really genuinely valuable. This community has a very short memory, mm -hmm. and that irritates me a little bit. So I think it's really important to have to have folks on who've been who've been around for a while. But it's equally important to have folks who have, who have just shown up and they have totally different ideas, totally different assumptions, totally different perspectives than people who have, have been in the industry forever, you know? Mm -hmm. Different perspectives. Like, why, why would you want your interview show to not have totally different perspectives? Yeah. Like, that's the fun. I mean, I am going to be launching uh, people, only people who agree with me in a couple months, but that's a whole different... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah, so... <laughs> This has been a very deep conversation, 
It's not where we usually go on the lounge, but yeah, uh, I cool. knew it would go there. Awesome. I was hoping it would go there. <laughs> um, so, but we're going to lighten it up a little bit to kind sure. of wrap it, get, get towards a wrap up. Um, have you been playing anything lately besides playtesting your games? Uh, let's see. You know what? <coughs> I've actually been playing a bunch of uh, this game that Jason Morningstar is working on called the Yearbook Game. Um, because uh, Jason likes to find things and get excited about them. And uh, he found all these yearbook photos from like 1975 and just put them on a bunch of cards. And so we'll just toss the cards out and uh, people just make games about them. Like, okay, what if we line them all up and then we say who would win in a fight? Or what if we put them all together and, and uh, one of them is a vampire, we don't know which one yet, so we're going to deal them in this way. So, and, and they're just these wonderfully weird, ambiguous, extremely 70s-looking portraits. Uh -huh. um, and and it, you look at them and you really wonder, like, who is this person? What is their deal? Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's a nice, very kind of light, fun way to get people kind of designing a little bit. Yeah. Because everyone who plays with them wants to say, oh, okay, I want to line them up and pretend that, okay, they're all in charge of a company. Who would be vice president of what? Whatever. Um, huh. So yeah, and, and I've played it with people here who are obviously here to play role-playing games, but I've also played it with my roommates who, you know, have, have never role-played before, never done story games, um, but people just kind of gravitate to it because it has this, I don't know, it's a weird vibe. That's so uh, I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing with the game or whether it'll see a broader release, but that is, that is what I've been having a lot of fun with lately. That's such a cool prompt even, just like... <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, uh, that's I, I I did not expect that answer. That's but I I also knew that I'd probably get a really cool answer. <laughs> that was cool. Um, so uh, you've you're here at Origins. Are you doing Gen Con this year? I am not doing Gen Con this mm -hmm. year. And uh, every time I go to Gen Con, I have a wonderful time. Like honestly, uh, not everybody loves Gen Con. I do. Mm -hmm. I I I don't know. I like energy. <laughs> I'm, it's, told, it's, I'm told I'm extroverted. I don't know a lot about it, but I'm told. Um, <laughs> but I, for, just for various reasons, I got other stuff going on this August. Um, so I won't be there. But, uh, but yeah, I hope everyone has a good time. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure For the Queen will be there. I hope so, yes. Um, Indie Press Revolution will have some. And uh, since it's sold out this weekend, I think they're probably going to bring a lot <laughs> of it. So, yeah, yeah. get at it. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, Starcrossed will be there. Yes, yeah, he'll be there yeah. in spirit. <laughs> my yeah, my general specter will be haunting. I don't know, maybe the games on demand area. Sure, it seems like where my oh, specter would yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, it seems likely. Um, so what what do you have? What's coming up? What's what's? Uh, I'm working on a game about online communities called Pop. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so. I, it, it might end up in an anthology that some people are putting together. Um, that's very much in progress, but the first couple of playtests have gone well. Um, I'm also making a lot of like very small, simple games on my Patreon right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I made one about like humming and finding objects, um, just like really super simple party games. I'm trying to. I'm really just trying to practice layout and trying to practice finishing things as complete products. Um, so I'm putting out a lot of ridiculous stuff on my Patreon right now, and having fun. Uh, I'm also brewing an idea for um, like office workers, but they work at uh, the place where the giant mechs are deployed to save the earth. So you don't play the pilots or ah. the robots or anything. You play like Sheila in accounting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I really like people who do like mostly invisible labor 
and I like thinking about them and their lives. And, I've had that uh, conversation yeah. come up so much this weekend. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about, like, you know, the guy who scrapes the monster blood off of the giant robot. My right? wife's motto is, I love when the mundane is fantastic and yes. the fantastic is mundane. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's... Yeah, so that, that's something that I'm playing with right now, but we'll, we'll see if it goes anywhere. <laughs> I hope it does. I want to play it now. <laughs> okay, I'll do what I can. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's amazing. Um, where can people find you? Best place to go is HelloAlexRoberts.com. Um, there's links to my Patreon there, which you should totally stop by. I Sometimes I make games. A lot of the times I just post funny stories about things that have happened to me. It's vaguely game-related. Um, and uh, you can usually find me on Twitter. I'm at Muscular Pikachu. Uh, yeah, those are the main spots. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that that is the greatest Twitter name of all time. Thank you. Has Sony contacted you since the movie came out saying, hey, um, can we purchase this uh, you, off for some ungodly you, sum of you money? You would think, right? You would think. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm Sony, get at me. I'm here. I'm ready to talk. They do listen to you, this. This thing, you, you, they think that they can't afford me. They, you can't. Sony, I, I can't stress this enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very easy. And you have your Patreon as well. Yes, yes. right, yeah. So stop by there, check it out, um, catch the wave. I don't know. No, that's great. <laughs> I think I think I think that you having the 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 uh, motto of catch the wave, but saying it awkwardly actually, is the better. It, it expresses, yeah, it expresses the content very well, actually. <laughs> it's where it's like I am excited, but also confused. <laughs> So, um, I have a, I have a sign off now, mm -hmm. which Great. I'm very excited about. Um, it was, uh, it was coined by, um, uh, I believe you had him on Bo Sheldon, Bree Bo Sheldon. Uh, yeah, I know, I, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is, um, that I tell the lounge lizards, my fans <laughs> to stay classy. Cool. Would you be so kind as to do the honor in your Alex Roberts way? I would love to. Uh, thanks for listening, Lounge Lizards. Stay classy. Love it. <laughs> love Good. it. And there it is. Alex talking about For the Queen, which everybody should go get. It's just amazing and good and cool and awesome. As she said, you can find her at Muscular Pikachu on Twitter, Patreon.com, HelloAlexRoberts, and HelloAlexRoberts.com is her website where you can find all that good stuff. The Lounge is a misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Thanks for listening, and stay classy.